All right, well, we started a series last week. Right now we're calling it Transformed into His Image. You know, that's always subject to change, but Transformed into His Image. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Second Corinthians three seventeen. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all have with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, and being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Let's look at the NIV. We're going to put these up, the NIV, several versions. The NIV says, And we all, who with unveiled face, faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit, being transformed into His image with ever increasing glory. In the Amplified, it says, we all with unveiled face continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into His image from one degree of glory even to even more glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And finally, in the message, it says, so we are transfigured much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. So this is a, a process of being transformed into the image of our Lord, of our Master, of our Savior. It's not something that we snap our fingers and we're changed. And we're going to uh, touch on these things just briefly again like we did, um, talked about last week um, Let's look at, uh, well, let's, before we go there, let's look at second, or I mean, so Galatians 4.19. It says, uh, My little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Until Christ is formed. Notice he said, my little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. And the message it says, do you know how I feel right now and will feel until Christ's life becomes visible in your lives like a mother in the pain of childbirth? Until Christ's life becomes visible in your lives. So we're talking about becoming more and more like Jesus, acting like Him, becoming like Him. And we said last time, of course, uh, well now of course this may be new to, to some individuals, that we are a three-part being. We are a spirit. We have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. We live in a body. And so the part of you that becomes new when you're born again is your spirit. It's not your mind. It's not your body. It's your spirit. And so the part that everybody sees, of course, they see your body, but they also they hear, when they hear you speak, you're actually seeing into somebody's mind and their, their, their will and their emotions. You're seeing how they perceive life. So the part that everybody experiences, we could see it that way, and the, what you bring in, into um, this world, 
People are seeing your, your soul, your body. It should be influenced by your spirit, but you don't see anybody's spirit. You can see the, in, you can see the impact of it, but you're not just seeing. What, what you're seeing is the parts that are tangible to us. So when we talk about Christ being formed in you, Christ's life becomes visible in your lives. You're talking about an out, outward manifestation of what has happened in the new birth on the inside. Let's read a few more scriptures and we'll, we'll move forward. Uh, well, we're going to read more scripture, but just recapping some of these things that we turned to last week. 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. In Christ, it means you've believed on Jesus. In Christ means you are in the family of God. It says you're a new creation. That old things have passed away and old, all things have become new. So all things have become new. Old things have passed away. That's not talking about your body, even if you had an old body. It's not old things in your body did not pass away. It's still the old thing that it was. It didn't pass away as much. You know, we're going to get a new body. Thank God for that. Thank God we don't have to go with this one for the rest of eternity. I mean, just to make it through the rest of this life is, you know, is a tall order, let alone forever. No, our mind didn't get erased. Our, our spirits, the part of us that got uh, born again. And so we need to understand that. Uh, let's just read. We'll just put up a few more scriptures. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved your whole spirit soul and body so you're a three-part being and your spirit soul and body are all preserved and God is sanctifying you completely as we yield to him but your spirit's the only part of you that has become completely new uh, Hebrews 10:14. Hebrews 10.14 says, For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. With one offering, talking about Jesus, he perfected forever. He paid the price for sin. He paid the price for us to be right with God. But notice it says he's perfected forever those that are being sanctified. So sanctification being, that means set apart, but you setting apart, you becoming transformed into the likeness of Christ is not instantaneous. That part's a process. So you've been born again into the kingdom of God. You've been recreated, but the outward, what, how you, you act uh, in this world is a process. Let's read one more. First, First Peter one twenty three. It says, "Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever." Having been born again, born again is not a religious term; it's a Bible term. So, a person is born again. 
That's the same as what uh, we, we just read in 2 Corinthians, talking about uh, a new creation. You being born again is the part of you then, the spirit is made new. It's recreated. So somebody believes on Jesus, you know, believes in their heart. They confess the Lord Jesus, believes in their heart that God has raised him from the dead. The Bible says you will be saved. When it says you will be saved, that is being born again. So when you're born again, your spirit is made new. But the other parts have not been made new. Well, just look at the terminology. You're born again. When a natural human baby is born or a, a, a human person is born, we call them a baby, a newborn. They were there, you know, growing in the mother's womb, but they, they're born, they're a baby. They're not grown up. No natural human baby comes out of the womb fully grown. They're a baby. And spiritual things are much like natural things. When you're born again spiritually, you don't come out. You don't, you're not uh, starting out a full-grown, mature, spiritual person. You're a baby. I'm a baby. When we start out, we're a baby. So there is a growth process spiritually. Every one of us, uh, experiences growth. If you, if you spiritually, if you grow, if you come into the kingdom of God, or I should say, you should experience growth, can experience growth. But you come in the kingdom of God. You're born again. You come in as a baby. Now, where you go from there is up to you, or it's up to me. Yeah. But there is a growth process, and we need to understand that. This will answer actually a lot of questions. Um, just in, in, in dealing with life and dealing with this spiritual walk, because people can say, they look at, you know, maybe, you know, somebody's been around Christian things for a long time, been in the faith, been born again, maybe filled with the Holy Spirit, heard a lot of teaching, but there's no fruit. There's behaviors that are the same as they were when they got born again. There's not really much change or little change, and they act the same way they did 30 years ago. Yeah. And people say, well, why is that? It's because they haven't grown spiritually. And you can go through your life as a Christian. I can, a person can. Hear the word, be around good teaching, be around in a good church, and not grow don't have to grow. Now, we said this last week, as a, in a physical sense, like when you see a child, if everything is normal, they're going to, and they have a good diet and all those things are there, they're going to grow physically. That's just going to happen. But they don't actually have to mature when you talk about mentally and emotionally. And again, if anything's normal, they will mature. But then even a full-grown, uh, what we would call an adult person now, 18, legally an adult, uh, they don't have to continue growing. And you could see a 40-year-old 
that acts like an 18-year-old or could still act like a fifth grader, like a 10-year-old. And that's a lot like the spiritual part of it. We have to cooperate with God to grow up spiritually, and it doesn't have to. You're always going to be growing. You're never going to know everything, but you don't have to take your whole life to get to be a spiritual, mature Christian. We don't have to. We don't have to take, you know, even in a, in a natural world, about 18 is when we consider a person legally um, an adult, whether they're mature or not is another question, especially in this day and age. I mean, there was 15-year-olds probably doing more than a lot of 30, 35-year-olds years ago. They just had to grow up a lot faster, and there's people that just aren't growing up. now. Well, same thing is spiritually. But notice there is a, you would expect even in the natural, some things of an 18 or 20-year-old. Well, if that's what it is in the natural, if somebody's been a Christian for 20-year-olds, you would at least expect them to be mature. And it doesn't actually take that long. Now, you can grow. We're going to continue to mature and grow. But there's a threshold where an 18-year-old is mature, but a 40-year-old should be a lot wiser. But they're both mature. A 70-year-old ought to have more wisdom than a 40-year-old. But, but the 40-year-old, you can say he's not mature. He could be mature. But there's additional wisdom. So it's not to say we don't grow, but there's a threshold where there's certain functions that ought to be there as somebody that's growing up, if you're going to say they're mature. An 18-year-old can go. They can, they've already been able to drive. They can you know, vote. They, they can rent a, a, a place to, to live. They can get a um, more responsible job. There's just things that you, they can do because they've met that threshold of being mature, of being an adult. There ought to be things that we as Christians should hit that place, not that you're not going to get wiser and, and, and uh, deeper in the things of God, but that you can do certain things and you're mature. And then there's everything before that, and it's a process. So let's look at some scripture to this effect, uh, Ephesians 4.11. We need to know that this transformation process, we're talking about growing up. I want to talk about growing up and that there are different, um, I mean, the Bible clearly says there are, are, are different stages or different, um, at least that you can compare people. There are people that are babies, people that are children, people that are mature. It, it uses that type of language. What you can gather from that is there's growth. And that's what I, what I want you to get. Ephesians 4.11. It says, he gave himself, or he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. What for? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. That means a mature man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. Now I want you to notice several things. Notice that last verse says... 
may, that we may grow up. So there's a growth process. There is spiritual growth. In other words, we're not all at the same level. Christians are not all at the same level. Go back to uh, verse 13. It says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, Son of God to a perfect man. That means mature man. We're going to read another translation here in a second. A, a perfect man, a mature man. So that's showing somebody that's mature. So growth. It says, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So notice that before we go on. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect or mature man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So what's a mature person going to act like Jesus? That's where you're supposed to end up. Now, we're not Jesus, but there's a measure that you're acting like him, and then you're growing. You can still grow after that, but there's a threshold. That is the ultimate uh, goal. That is the ultimate growth path that we're on. Verse 14, that we should no longer be children. We should no longer be children. So he's talking about people that are children. And he's saying that we could grow out of that. And he's talking about a mature man. So you see growth. We know that when you're born again, you're a baby. And we're going to see other verses that talk about that. So there is a baby. He's talking about children. He's talking about me and mature. So there's growth. Now look at um, Ephesians 4.15, that last verse in the NLT. It says, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Growing in every way more and more like Christ. So talking about growing, growing out like Jesus. So you're growing up. And look at uh, verse 13 in the NLT. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ, that we will be mature in the Lord. So when you talk about growing up, you're talking about a maturity. So we want, as we're transformed, it means you're, you're a mature person spiritually. Now, you can be a mature person in the natural and be a complete baby spiritually. In fact, there are people all over the world that aren't born again at all. In other words, they, as far as the spiritual things, they haven't even been born into the family yet. So they're at less than zero, whatever, you know, they're, they're spiritually dead. So they could be astute, knowledgeable, earth-shaking in the natural world and not have a clue spiritually. Be totally ignorant spiritually. Walk into a room and not know anything about spiritual things. Well, you would know if you reject Jesus, if you don't believe in God, if you scoff at the church, you are ignorant and very immature spiritually. Those are all signs that you don't, you may be very accomplished in natural things, but you're less than zero spiritually. So every person, when they are born into the kingdom of God, you start at baby. There are no exceptions. You start at baby, and now you have to grow. Let's look at um, 1 Peter 2, verse 1. 
1 Peter 2, verse 1, it says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes, or we would say babies, desire the pure milk of the word, what? That you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So it say as newborn babies. So again, these are all natural parallels. You see a newborn baby. We've had several babies, you know, within the past year in the congregation. When they are born, they are completely dependent. You know, you can tell a cry of a newborn versus one that's you know, several, even you know, multiple months old, their cry changes it. You hear a newborn on a, in a plane or something. I don't know. You know, we talk about it like that's a total newborn. There's just a difference. They don't know anything. I mean, they haven't even had time to be trained indirectly on anything. And so if they're crying, they, they're just clueless. And you hear that newborn uh, cry, and it's just pure and innocent. And they're what? They're a little baby. They don't know anything. They, they haven't had even several months for you to say, well, you know, they're not getting it. I mean, after a, a while, when you hear a kid that's several years old screaming at the top of their lungs and that, it's a different thing. There's been time that they could have changed. And the cry is much different. It's more powerful. It is annoying when they're doing that. It's not that little newborn like, oh, that's just a, a baby baby. Well, there should be a growth path. <laughs> you guys all know what I'm talking about. As a newborn baby, this is saying desire the pure milk of the word. What, a, a baby needs nourishment to grow. If you don't give a baby anything to grow, I mean, it goes for everybody, but they're, they're, they're not going to gain weight. They're not going to be where they should be, and um, it's just not healthy. Well, Peter here is saying as newborn babies, as newborn babies, he's, he's making the parallel in the natural, you... He's talking to these people, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. So notice it's talking about growth. Now, we know the pathway is to be like Jesus. How are you going to get there? First thing, as a baby, you need the word. And, you know, people will think that, that's why I mean, there's so much that can be said here. And we're going to uh, you know, touch on some things. But you, you don't need to go on YouTube and just see what the latest fad is as a baby. That's not how you're going to grow. You need the word. Just watching somebody talk at you that's out there somewhere is not how you grow up spiritually. You need the word of God, and it needs to be the real word of God, and it needs to be because anything that's somebody's opinion is not what's going to make you grow. Just the same thing is if you're not, it may look like milk, smell like milk, be, but if it doesn't have the actual nutrients, you know, we all know mother's milk is the best for a baby, but then if there's formula that's made to uh, approximate it, it has the nutrients that the baby needs to grow. But if you just give them orange juice, you know, or so, you know well, here's a Coca-Cola not to give a brand name, you know, or whatever, Mountain Dew, Pepsi, whatever. You give them a soda, even if you somehow package that in a way that it looked like milk, it, it's not going to make them grow, right? Well, what, what do baby, spiritual babies need? They need the Word of God to grow. 
Number one, you have to have the Word of God. But the point here is, you, babies need the Word, but they, and then they're going to grow. 2 Peter 3, uh, 17. So one book further and a few chapters back. says, You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Talking about growing, growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So again, it's talking about growth. There is a growth path for a Christian. And notice it says grace and knowledge of our Lord. How are you going to have more knowledge? Real knowledge, it, it's got to be based on the Word. Okay, it can be preaching and teaching, and, and we ought to. You know, it, it said, when we read in Ephesians, it said He gave some. He gave gifts. You know, some apostles, prophets, pastors, or evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the edifying of the saints, for them to grow up and not be children. So those gifts are made for us to grow up. It's all based on what the Word says. And then that illuminates the Word, and the Spirit of God is going to quicken that to us. He's going to work through people, but He's going to build us up spiritually. But it's all the foundation has to be the Word, and then the Spirit's going to quicken that Word. The Spirit's going to illustrate. So we need that as a, a, as a, a baby. And in any stage, the way you're going to grow partially has got to be the Word. And for a baby, you pretty much need the Word. Okay, a baby... In the natural, you don't, they're not going to school yet. Will they learn something in school? Yes, but not today. They can't handle school. They're just, they're not even moving. I mean, a baby baby is just sleeping most of the time. They're eating, they're sleeping, they're going to the bathroom. They, they don't, will other things help them? Yes. Do they need those things? No. And, and a, in a spiritual baby, they just need to get the word into them. You don't, you don't need to be, you know, doing a bunch of heavy lifting yet. Well, I want to get up there and teach. No, sit down. You have no idea. And people, but they think, well, but I'm out here in the world. Doesn't translate. In our, in our world today, people have muddled this so much that they, they'll see something natural and something that, that looks like it, it, you know, is good in the natural, and they'll translate it over to the church and say, well, that means you can teach the Bible. They're not related. They might be, I should say they may be related, but there's not a direct correlation. It's a, it's a spiritual gift, not a natural. And so there's a lot of confusion. People, people are confused on these things. And then they, they, they try to, they, they, they get out ahead uh, of, of what they ought, actually ought to be doing as a Christian. You want to grow. You don't want to stress. A baby needs its rest. It's sleeping maybe 18 hours a day. Well, they they got to get up. They're wasting time. They got to get up and go do something. What are you just laying around for? You're sleeping all the time, eating. Nobody says that to a baby. No, it's more like, thank God they're sleeping. <laughs> Don't wake them up. They're doing what they ought to do. And you have to do everything for them. Right? Yes. If you just leave a baby by itself, it's going to die. 
Well, spiritual babies are the same way. Spiritual babies, when you have people that are born again and they come into the congregation, they have to be helped. You have, you, you, you're supposed to have to help people and bring them up, help them pray, do these things. But you're not supposed to have to do that for a 20-year-old in the natural. And you're not, people, we, we ought to, though, mature to where we don't need to be the one being prayed for all the time and uh, being pepped up and being coddled. We ought to be the play, place where we can help somebody else. Over time, we want to grow up spiritually. We want to grow up to where we're strong. 1 Corinthians 14.20. It says, Brethren, do not be children in understanding, however in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. Again, uh, you know, the main point of this is, is uh, we'll touch it in a second, but, I, but the side thing is it, it's okay to be ignorant or a baby in things that are evil. This says malice. It goes for anything that is wicked or evil. You, it, it is not good to be uh, well-versed in things that are evil. And it's not necessary. People think, well, you know, I mean, I got to be able to, I got to understand so I can help people. You don't have to understand everything they're going through to help them. The word of God is the truth. You can give them the word and they can be helped. You don't have to experience the turmoil people experience and go through everything that they have gone through in order to help them. Could you relate Potentially in some ways, could somebody relate? Maybe, but they can be helped without that. And you certainly, or I certainly, don't have to go. Like people are like, oh, I'm going to go to a bar so that you know, I'll, I'll, I'll mingle with them. That's foolish. You are going, you know, I'm going to meet the unsaved people. That's not the place you need to meet them. You're putting yourself in a place where you're, you're exposing yourselves to evil spirits, to wrong thinking, to people that are going at the wrong way and go thinking I have to go into that environment in order to help somebody is foolishness. We should be ignorant in certain things. You don't have to know about them. You can know what the Word of God says and people think, well, you're naive. I, you know, or somebody said like this, I, I, you're closed-minded. Well, closed-minded, but I know what the truth is. See, people try to get open-minded and it confuses them. Because really what they're open-minded to is deceit, lies. And see, this is a tactic of the devil. Who do you think puts that pressure? Well, you know, goes as far back as Adam and Eve. Well, did God really say? I mean, God told him, don't do this. Don't, don't, you don't go near that. The tree, this tree, you, you don't touch. Well, they did it anyway. Well, Satan will say, tell you, well, no, it, it, it's okay. You can go near that. It's okay. I mean, you want to know, don't you? I mean, you don't want to come off as a prude. You don't want to come off as backwards. You've got to witness to people, right? That's a lie. Let me ask you a question. What would you tell your kids? You know, in certain things, it's like, no, you don't need to know about that. Well, God is like that with us. No, you don't need to know about that. You don't have to have knowledge of that. You don't need to do that to do what I've told you to do. Doesn't mean you can't talk to people. Doesn't mean you can't minister to people. You just don't have to get involved in what they're involved in. And you don't go on their territory to do it. 
because of slippery slope. But the main point then here, it says, Brethren, do not be children in understanding, however in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. So again, children going to mature. In the Amplified, it says, Brothers and sisters, do not be children immature, childlike in your thinking. Be infants in matters of evil, completely innocent and inexperienced. Notice the way it says that. Back to that point again. Be infants in matters of evil, completely innocent and inexperienced. Doesn't the world tell you and wants to tell your kids, oh, no, you need to be experienced in things. You know, you need to be experienced before marriage. It is so stupid the way uh, and so devious the way Satan has tried to set that up. And it's stupid in our society, you know, when they talk about sex stuff. Oh, you need to be experienced before you're in marriage. That is absolutely false and it's foolish. You're going to be with one person for the rest of your life to experience things with them, people, you know, and, and kids and, and middle school, high school, college. Well, you need to be experienced so that you're good once you get into a relationship uh, as a married person. That is stupid. No, you want to be completely innocent so that the only person you're ever with is with your spouse. And you can hold your head up high and say, yes. Don't let anybody intimidate you or, or shame you into like, well, you know, you haven't been with anybody. Yeah, because I'm saving myself for my spouse. It amounts to cheating on them before you're ever married. Think of it. You have a spouse. You may not be married with them, but you think in the future, they're there. I'm going to meet them someday, and so I'm saving myself for them. And you can hold your head up high because as older people will tell you, it's not glory, glorification. To, to do anything before marriage. So the Bible is saying you are innocent and inexperienced in things of evil. And anything against God's word is evil. It says, but in your minds be mature, be mature adults. So you're mature uh, spiritually. Praise God. But we ought to grow up. So there ought to be a growing that, that goes on as we, as we walk with the Lord. Let's just read a couple more, and then we'll wrap this up. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. It says, I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal as to babes in Christ. He's saying, I couldn't speak to you as to spiritual, but I can only speak to you as a baby. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. So are there things that at one, one uh, place of growth you cannot receive yet? There absolutely are things that you have to be at a certain maturity level in order to be able to receive. Same thing naturally, right? A little baby that's eating milk, you don't give them a steak because it could literally kill them. You don't, even, you don't give them a hot dog. You don't give them anything but milk. And at some point, they can introduce solid food. And then it's still, you're not, the first solid food is not a medium rare steak. It's mush. It's rice or bananas or whatever they're telling you to do now. It changes perpetually. 
but whatever. You, you know, it's mush, and then you grow into where it's harder and more, and then eventually you can handle a steak. It was the same thing spiritually. Now, it's not that they couldn't hear things that are more mature. You know, in a congregation, congregational setting, everybody has got to get fed at their level. And the Holy Spirit does that. And there'll be things that are coming because the Word of God will hit everybody at every level. Now, you could, you know, explore something that's a deeper thing. But in a congregational setting like this, the point is for everybody to grow up. Okay, there are other settings where the purpose is different. But in a, in a setting like this, everybody should be coming to the next level. And the Holy Spirit can do that. You, you, you're ministering one thing, and people at where they're at can get different things, whether they're a newborn babe, whether they're a mature Christian, the Spirit of God can minister to us through His Word where we're at and bring us to the next level. And so we can be getting things that are, wow, that's good. And, and, and uh, a, you know, as a mature Christian and as a, a baby, they could be like, well, that's the Word. And they're hitting, it's hitting them different. It's hitting them at a different level. And only God can do that. This is, it's not the same thing as intellectual knowledge. Because if you sat in a first grader's class as a, we'll say, you know, college student that actually still remembers it, first grader, we should all know it. We should all still remember it. <laughs> but it should be elementary to you, and you probably aren't going to really grow any more from that. You'll go through it and be like, yep, know that, know that, you know. You don't even have to think. You're just like, I don't even know. What, you know, whatever they're teaching in first grade, at whatever that level, they're going over elementary words, elementary math. You're not racking your brain. You're like, ooh, never knew that. Hopefully. <laughs> and then when you get into like, let's say, I mean, you, you know, you're taking math classes in high school and you, you, somebody takes calculus. Like right now, I think I did enough calculus that I, if I went back, it'd be a little bit and it would start to come back. But first thing, I'm not going to remember everything. But if you took somebody that's like a math major and just finished their, you know, let's say they got a master's in it, and you put them in a high school class, they are not going to learn a single thing. They're going to be like, they're going to be, to them, it's probably going to be like to some people of us, like sitting in a, an elementary class because they know it. Natural things in that way are not the same. Spiritual things, yes, you can hear elementary things, but God's word is so rich, you could have heard something 15 times and you, get, you see something else about it. Because you're at a different place. Whereas with like math, once you know it, it's not like, oh, I did this math problem the other day and now this one really hits me. Hits me in the feels. You know, I really understand that. No, it doesn't do that. So the spiritual things are supernatural and you can keep growing and you can always get some that's not to say you're not exploring things that are deeper yes there's different settings and you can always keep if you're if you're hooked up with the local church you will continually grow as the word of god's uh presented because god supernaturally does that if we're hooking up with him you are going to continue to grow and of course then you're hearing the word of god and then as you grow, there ought to be other things involved. You know, we ought to be behavior, our behavior ought to change. We ought to take more responsibility. 
and things ought to keep moving forward. Okay, and we'll probably talk more about, you know, as we get into to more things. But God is faithful to help us grow if we'll present ourselves. It's not an overnight process, but we can grow. First thing is we got to know that we have to come to the Word. We have to know that there is a growth process, and we know that we're depending on God to help us. But we need to be open, and He'll bring us up. There is an end. There is a, something we're going toward. Thank you, Lord.